This episode of Podcrash is brought to you by Spirit Hoods. You don't have to enjoy cosplay to love a spirit hood. Spirit hoods are like a warm, fuzzy hat with ears that includes a scarf and mittens. Fashionable in the cold or in the evening, they come in styles for men, women, and kids, and in animal styles like gray wolf, brown bear, tiger, snow leopard, and panda. Go to spirithoods.com, enter the offer code PODCRASH, and get a 15% discount off your order. Spirit Hoods, put one on your head. Welcome to the show. I am that Chris Gore. Uh, it's a very special day today. It is Super Bowl Sunday. I am pumped. I'm sure you are pumped too. Uh, you're probably recovering from some Super Bowl party as you listen to this, or, or maybe it's uh, your Monday morning quarterbacking the whole thing, or maybe you're listening to this much later and have completely forgotten about it. But I am a major football fan, big fan of the NFL. Um, and uh, what can I say? During during football season, I'm there every Sunday. I will schedule things around it. Um, unfortunately, I travel a lot. Sometimes we'll be watching games in the airport, or I'll be uh, checking scores on my phone. But I am a longtime NFL fan, um, and I, I guess I appreciate football uh, for maybe different reasons than most folks. I, I, I tend to enjoy the sort of unfolding live documentary aspect of it and the drama I guess a lot of people like it for for the drama also, but uh, I, I happen to also think that like uh, football is the, the the gayest of all the sports. If you just listen to the sports announcers just talking about football, th- things sound so. It, it sounds like they're announcing gay porn. I mean, it, uh, some of the statements like he got he got full penetration right up the middle. Uh, there's about ten guys in that pile. The wide receiver grabbed it and such. I mean, it's 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 funny when you you, when you just hear this out of context. It, it it's it it sounds like they're describing sex acts. It, it really does, and and no other sport um, does it quite so well as football. I actually I actually have another Twitter account at sports or sex, in which all I do is I transcribe things sports announcers say. I will just I will just say you know Joe Buck on Fox Sports said this. And and that, that's it. I just did the quote out of context, and you read it. They're all sports announcers' quotes, but they all sound incredibly sexual. Uh, that just adds another layer of enjoyment uh, for me in watching the game. And I, I'm also a, a Detroit Lions fan, and I will be talking about uh, my fan uh, sort of. Well, the, the Detroit Lions are good this season. What am I going to say? I, I think I think the fact that they actually got to the playoffs is an achievement. They're, it's 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 a young team, and and they're only going to get better. So uh, I'm not going to. Not going to apologize for my team not being in the Super Bowl. Um, I, and I, I've got no uh, dog in this fight. I really don't care. I just care for a good game and good commercials. I actually think, um, I think this year I will make, I will make a, a prediction this year because the game hasn't started yet for me. The time you're listening to this, it's clearly later. But I will make a prediction. It comes true every year. The halftime show will be boring. The halftime show, they could take the greatest entertainers of, of all time Put them in a halftime show, and they're terrible. I don't know why that is. Um, but before we get to the, the, uh, this week's podcast, I need to tell you that you can hear our show on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, or Palm phone. On demand and on the go, over 5,000 shows are on Stitcher, including Pod Crash with me. 
Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Now, this week's pod crash occurred on the National Football Authority. That's the name of the show, the National Football Authority, hosted by Matt Baxendell and Daniel Wolf. And I had a great time on the show. i got to tell you something. Probably the most fun... Uh, we actually talked about movies too, which is, which is, I, I didn't really expect to do it, but I think people kind of expect me to talk about that. And, and a lot of my interests do collide film and sports movies and sports, and they all kind of, uh, mash up in my brain and also in the conversation. Uh, but it was a great conversation about sports. Uh, but one, one thing I do have to warn you about is that the quality of the audio on this podcast for some reason is not the greatest, um, I'll be popping in uh, as I watch the game and and explain to you um, the context, uh, maybe something you might have missed. But the audio quality is not the best. You may have to adjust uh, your the volume or whatnot on whatever device you're you're listening to this on. But um, but I have to say um, the, the content of the conversation is great. Um, and so I, I really, really had a great time, and and uh, Matt and Dan were amazing. So um, I, it, it is sort of a problem that that, that uh, my producer Sean Merrick and I are, are actually uh, we're struggling with. I mean, as we do all of these various podcasts, we notice that every single one is a different way of doing it. Some of them I do in person. Um, and then some of the other uh, podcasts I'll do over Skype. Some I've done on Skype video, oddly. Some I've done on Skype, and I've tr- tried to use a different microphone just so that so that the audio quality will improve. So uh, you know, I, that, hey, what you're going to do a show like this? You're going to expect that the audio quality is going to be off and weird sometimes. I just hope that you'll bear with me and and uh, just enjoy the content of what's being said. Um, as I am your guide through all these various podcasts. <clears throat> I realize, too, I'm a little uh, under the weather a bit. Uh, and it's not so much under the weather as um, I, I'm a little hungover, I'm going to be honest. I had a, a long, rough night last night. Um, there's nothing better than... And I'm invited, I was invited to a bunch of Super Bowl parties. I'm not going to any of them. I'm actually just going to be uh, curled up on the couch, probably with some pizza and a beverage, and uh, I will be... I'll be watching and enjoying the game and tweeting about it and then recording uh, parts of this podcast as we get to my Super Bowl prediction, uh, which on the uh, the NF uh, Authority, which is you can follow them at NF Authority on Twitter. So National Football Authority. I, I, I predict that the New England Patriots are going to win. And the reason is, is that, first of all, I don't I do not love this team. I, I, I'm not I'm not a fan. Um, uh, I and, and really, I don't care. The New York Giants. Great. Fine. Uh, New England Patriots, I don't care either. But I, I do believe that they're one of those teams that it, you, you could be two, up by two touchdowns, and as long as they're just close, they, they, they will sneak in and win. They, they, it's almost like they trick teams into thinking, oh, I'm winning. This is great. Maybe we can hang back a bit. And then suddenly, uh, suddenly they sneak up, and then they win by three points in the last two minutes. That's, that's the... Uh, that seems to be their strategy, and it seems to work out every time. And I can't be the only person who's noticed this. This is moronic. And I'm recording this before the game is aired, so, so we'll, we'll find out if, if my prediction is accurate. Um, one more plug before we get to things uh, here. I want to let you know that uh, I talked about in a previous show that my short film read, you know, about the infamous tube bar tapes. Uh, those infamous tube bar tapes. You might have heard them uh, with the bartender Red. He's tortured by these prank phone calls. You know, is Al there? Alcoholic? Is there an alcoholic here? Alcoholic? 
Yeah, you remember that? Okay. I made this short film years ago. I'm not going to say it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, you might be entertained by the DVD, but you can get Red now on DVD. It's loaded with extras, including behind-the-scenes commentary. There's even a drunk commentary on there. Surprise coming from me. Anyways, if you go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, search for Red DVD. When you go to that page, you can order from my shop there, which is Chris Gore's Love Spray. That's the name of my shop. If you enter the offer code PODCRASH, you'll get 50% off of the DVD. I've got only one box left of these DVDs. So if you want to get a copy of it, sign by me, and I'll even throw in a free gift in addition. It's a pretty cool thing. Um, you get 50% off if you enter the offer code PODCRASH. Go to Etsy.com, E-T-S-Y.com, search for Red DVD. There's only one box left, so hurry. And before we get to uh, Pod Crash uh, this week, I want to talk about something that I'm incredibly annoyed about. Uh, this week, as you know, every week I appear on Attack of the Show and I review DVDs. This week I happen to review the 2011 edition of The Thing. Okay. So I reviewed this, and I talked about the original thing, which was made in 1982, directed by John Carpenter, that this thing, the 2011 edition, is a prequel to that one. It's a prequel film. And it, it almost, though, is, feels like a remake of the original John Carpenter 1982 edition of The Thing. Now, just so you know, I, I, as soon as I say something... On the, and this is what also, I think, what, um, what makes nerd culture irritating. This is, it, it pisses me off, and it also is not particularly inclusive, and this is what makes people hate nerds. This is an example of this. Is I, I did this review on the air, and within minutes on Twitter, I got maybe five people saying, um, you know that the original thing is actually the 1951 edition of the thing, blah, blah, blah. Of course, I know this, folks. I know this. They don't call me a film expert on uh, Attack of the Show uh, for nothing. I've been there for seven years, and I d did a, a, a magazine-slash-website film threat for 25 years. And I've written a lot of books about film, and I hate having to point out my credentials every time something like this happens. Two things will happen on the air. I'll either make a legitimate mistake, which I am happy to apologize for, or secondly, I'll just leave out a fact because I have five minutes on the show. I am on the show for five minutes every week, and I, and I have to talk about three or sometimes more DVDs in that five-minute span of time. Okay, so let me read you this letter and how I responded to it. And this is this is why I hate nerd culture, and this is this is this is one aspect of nerd culture that you you can't be self righteous about this stuff. But I got uh, an email from a guy. Uh, I don't know his real name. Israel. He says is his name. It's Izzy Really at Juno dot com. I z z y Really at Juno dot com, and he says Re seriously? Question mark. First of all, I hate anyone who uses that thing seriously. You know, that was a bit from Saturday Night Live and the fact that it's permeated the culture and people say this as opposed to an entire thought, they'd rather use a word, is, I find it annoying. Seriously? Yeah, don't, I, I hate that. Anyways, seriously, John Carpenter's The Original, The Thing, 1951's The Thing from Outer World is more like it. I know the audience is young, but come on. My response to Izzy Really at Juno.com Congratulations for being right. I guess that means you should do my job. Cover the details of four movies on DVD in less than five minutes. Ready? You're on live TV. Go. Come on. It's easy. Go. 
The relevant point is that The Thing, 2011, is a prequel, more like a remake, of John Carpenter's The Thing, 1982. And when was the last time anyone watched that 1951 original? That movie, frankly, does not hold up. Carpenter's is the one everyone remembers, and the 2011 prequel direct, directly connects to the 1982 movie by way of those dogs. Neither the 1982 nor the 2011 film directly connects to the 1951 version. And further, is it worth mentioning the original 1925 silent version of The Wizard of Oz every time someone mentions the 1939 color musical Wizard of Oz with Judy Garland? Is it? I hope you're proud of yourself. This is why people hate nerds and nerd culture. For that kind of I'm always right attitude, enjoy your life. I do kind of, you know, I used to have this column in Film Threat. I think I'm going to bring this back on, on Pod Crash. I used to have this column in Film Threat called Hate Mail in which people would send me stupid letters or comments and I would respond making them look like an idiot. Um, I just think that if every time you talk about The Wizard of Oz, you have to mention that there was a 1925 silent black and white version of Wizard of Oz or that it was based on a series of books by Frank L. Baum. Baum? 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 Whatever. You... It's, it's not that important, folks. My task was to review the DVD of the two, 2011 edition in which I gave it a rent because I do think it's, it's worth seeing. And that's enough of that. Um, it's, it's, uh, pl please, if, if you, nerds, if you want to get people to, to be included in nerd culture, whether it be love of Star Trek, Star Wars, horror, geeky things... Don't constantly correct them and act like a know-it-all. It makes you look like an asshole. And I should know because I've been that asshole quite a bit. But it's taken me this long to learn to be less of an asshole. All right, let's get, this, get to this week's uh, pod crash. It's the National Football Authority with Matt Baxendell and Daniel Wolf. Follow them at NF Authority on Twitter. Also, nationalfootballauthority.com, you can listen to the podcast, uh, in which we get to a, into a raucous discussion. Of course, it's football. It's my personal favorite sport. Uh, and, 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 and today is my, my favorite day, sports day anyways. I mean, it's like, it's like Christmas for the United States, uh, Super Bowl Sunday is. And I'm going to actually start watching it in about 15 minutes um, and we get to see all that lame pomp and circumstance with the official coin toss and the official that and the official. Start playing football. Start just start foot playing football and start this podcast. National Football Authority. Hut hut. Go. Football Authority Radio by Chris Gore. He's with G4 TV, the Tack of the Show. He's the host of the DVD Tuesday, and of course. He's the host of the Podcrash podcast. Well, I guess, can we call you a host, Chris? I mean, you know, you kind of just crash other people's podcasts. How does that work? Uh, the whole premise is, is that I'm too lazy to do a podcast, so I just appear on other people's podcasts, and then I play the, the highlights on my own podcast, and I didn't want to be limited just talking about movies. People mostly know me as a movie guy on Attack of the Show on G4, and I, I'm not just, you know, this gives me an opportunity to talk about, you know, film and comic books and, and uh, video games and uh, music, and also sports, because it's, it's a weird thing about sports, like, I'm a big geek, I'm a long-time nerd geek, and there's a huge divide between people who are nerds, and then I, when I also say I, I like sports, people look at me, my geeky, nerdy friends look at me like, that's crazy talk, what are you talking about? There's, there's really not, uh, 
it's a tough thing to find that gene in both. Like, I like Batman comics, but I also like the National Football League. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's weird. You know, it sounds like you're a modern renaissance man in a lot of ways. You're dabbling in a little bit of everything. But uh, I think we're kindred spirits there because, you know, I also hear and quote Lord of the Rings as much as you want to talk about football. So we can run right ahead with that. But, Chris, I guess let's start off with mixing a little bit of football film together here. We were looking over some of your stuff, from, and uh, one of the articles we found from you was a top ten football movies of all time. So let's, let's mix a little bit of the cinema and the gridiron here together. And uh, the list I found from you said the number one football movie of all time for you is The Longest Yard. Is that still the case? It, well, it's absolutely the case. And when, when, we say, when I say The Longest Yard, let's be very clear. This is the 1974 original with Burt Reynolds. Well, not the one with Adam oh. Sandler? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I have to say that, like, like, I like some of Adam Sandler's older, funnier films, but, uh, but Longest Yard is such a classic. What's so funny is I defy you when you flip by you know, that movie on cable or whatever, if it's just playing and you're seeing anything, whether it's the beginning, the middle, and you will not change the channel. That movie is still engaging up to today. And, I, I mean, just that whole thing of it, I think, I think we broke his friggin' neck. I think we broke his friggin' neck. I mean, it was just so awesome to see that, that, that you know, rather than the swear word, but actually that word became better when it aired on regular television, the word friggin'. I'm not even sure, I'm not sure exactly if this, that movie um, invented, you know, created that term friggin', but, but um, it's just a classic that holds up, and it also has all the elements. And, and also has a believable, you know, when you're casting some, uh, someone, an actor, to play in a sports movie, you have to really believe that they can do that part. And you believe yeah. Burt Reynolds could be kind of that, you know, he's got that cocky attitude. He could be a, a great quarterback. And you also kind of see him... Um, you know, kind of being, you know, you could see him being a jerk, like, in the beginning of the film. Before he goes well, you know, I mean, Burt Reynolds' backstory from Florida State, right? He was Lee Corso's roommate at Florida State. And Lee Corso was, of course, one of the three guys in ESPN's college game day. So, Burt Reynolds yeah, well, has a little bit of football history. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 I mean, you completely buy him in that role. And also, it has, like, so much drama. I mean, it's taking already, already, I, I love sports movies just in general as a genre, because as a genre of a sports movie, it's it, it, and it, you know a lot of sports movies are very cliche, but I, I keep saying I love that movie. I like that kind of movie because you know you either win or you lose, just like the result of any sporting event. You either win or lose the game. But in a sports movie, by losing the game, sometimes you really win. Like in films like The Bad News Bears, you know they lost, but they really won. Or like in Rocky, you know he lost, you know the the first match with Apollo Creed, but really he won respect. And that was more important than, than winning that fight. So that's why I personally happen to love sports movies. One that I would add that, that makes no sense, but uh, you know, maybe you'll back me up, is the movie Rollerball, the original with James Oh, yeah. Tom. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A, it's not a football movie in the sense they're not playing football, but it's so much based on the NFL, just the camaraderie, the, you know, the, the way the teams are laid out, and it's sort of the perfect marriage of, for me, science fiction and sports. And I mean, the way they play the game, even like that big shoulder pads. I mean, they're playing football, just happens to be in a roller rink to make it kind of futuristic. I would count rollerball as a football. Okay, it's uh, it's halftime. And as I predicted, uh, the New England Patriots are, are actually, uh, they're looking pretty good. 
and and of course they're ahead by one. But I got I have to comment uh, quickly here as I'm sitting here watching the game. Uh, the sound quality of this thing is, is, is almost uh, almost unlistenable, unfortunately. I, sorry, I just I don't know if it was a bad connection or whatever it was. So uh, I have to apologize to you. But uh, Sean Merrick, uh, my producer at uh, here at Podcrash, actually sent me this letter, and he wanted me to read it on the podcast. It says. Dear Chris, I am sorry that I booked you on this show where your voice sounds like it's trapped in a quagmire of jello. Speaking of Merd, Rick Murrer sure was an underrated quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks in the early 90s. Have a great show, your producer, Sean. Um, I'm, I, I think we're having a great show. Uh, it's it's uh, definitely uh, a good Super Bowl. It's not going to be a blowout. Um, but, uh, again, apologize for the audio, uh, but there's a lot of good commentary on here. So, so back to the podcast, back to the national football authority. The same thing is like, you know, we see a group coming together and they put in the, in, they're in the face of adversity and then they have to join together in one triumphant moment to overcome the odds. I mean, that's the sports movie theme right there. That, that, that absolutely is. And that's why I, I really me when I talk to my geeky nerdy friends and they make fun of me for being a sports fan. So this, so, so um, it's like, I can't win. Um, if I could, if I could just divert on a subject for a second, but I found a guy uh, years ago on eBay who was selling, we were talking about the Super Bowl. I found a guy on eBay who sold old copies of the Super Bowl on VHS. Okay. And I bought, I bought a whole bunch of them. I've got almost all the Super Bowls. I'll record them, and I'll just save a copy of it. So I have, like, Super Bowl, a copy of Super Bowl three, right, in its original presentation. And this is the one where Joe Namath won. You know, he made the guarantee and yep. whatnot. Beat the Colts. Uh, with the Jets. Oh, yeah, beat, beat the Baltimore Colts. And what's awesome about this, about this VHS tape, it also has the commercial box. Oh, really? It, Oh, yeah, the original commercials. And what's also crazy about this is uh, I, I keep saying I want to have a Super Bowl party, but what I want to do is show one of these really old Super Bowls and then tell my friends to show up and dress from, like, the 60s to the 70s, and then everybody, you know, and then take bets on the game. Not necessarily the score because, you know, you could you could Google the score, but, you know, I mean, uh, who wins the coin toss, you know? Who scores the first Prop bet? You could actually, I mean, you could still look up those stats, but, you know, gosh, you could, you could lay bets on that. I think that would be a really fun way to do a Super Bowl party is to actually show a Super Bowl from, like, you know, 20 years ago and then make everybody dress like the period. The funny thing is, is that when you, when you watch them, the presentation is so unsophisticated. I mean, this, this, this whole game from uh, Super Bowl three, it looks like a, an airing of a high school football game on local cable television. It's got little transparencies. The guys are just killing time. The game, also the pace of the game, so much slower. So you really, oh, yeah. not only is the, the game different, the presentation looks crude by comparison. You've got graphics out, and the graphics get really irritating where you have robots coming up from the field and arrows going all over the place. And it's like, even the basic right? stuff, the bottom line with the scores and stats, that stuff never even existed until like 10 years ago. Show me where he has to get to make the first down. I don't need any other lines. Everything else is overkill. Really, it, it sort of puts you back in that era. It reminds me 
why I fell in love with football watching as a kid with my dad. When was the last time you went to an NFL game? I mean, you said you went to San Diego since there's no teams in uh, Los Angeles right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. This is this is a couple years ago. Um, I, I try to go to an NFL game every year, but a couple years ago. Um, I'll tell you the best game to go, actually, uh, if you want tickets to see, you know, a, a game at uh, Qualcomm Stadium, see the Chargers, is anytime the Raiders are playing. The Raiders <laughs> are playing fans? because season ticket holders, will because they hate Raider fans so much, season ticket holders of the Chargers will sell them. So I went there and look, I'm just, I'm a guy who I love to have fun. I, I don't have a, a dog in this fight. I just want to see a, a big game. Um, and, and what's amazing is you walk through there, it's freaking tailgate tent city with all of the, you know, with all the Raiders fans there. And they come from, I mean, they come from everywhere. So it's, yeah, those are the guys from the rollerball movie. Yeah, exactly. It, is, it does look like, it looks like all the guys from the rollerball movie or uh, the, the road warrior, you know, all oh, yeah. the guys like they're, they're going into battle, but, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just there with a sense of fun. I'm walking around, having a good time. And uh, there, there is something that, that's a blast about that, but, um, and I've gotten club level seats before, but actually I prefer something like closer to the field. You can actually hear stuff going on. I mean, the club level is nice, but I feel like it's like, eh, this all this stuff with the, with all the service and everybody being nice to each other. I want to be where people are yelling. You know, that's the funny thing, too, is, is when you get to the cheap seats for you get to see the really drunk fans just get into random fights for no good reason from beer in each other's faces. The next thing you know, you got 15 cops trying to break up a brawl. It, it, it's yeah. one of the funniest things as long as you're not in the middle of it. Yeah, as long as you're not in the middle. I mean, I've had beer spilled on me from being close to an altercation, but I've never been a part of one just because it's like, look, we're all sports fans. It's like, you know what? And also, if I'm there and my team loses and there's someone from the opposing team and they got a jersey, I'll just say, you know what? Congratulations, good game, or you got to give it up. Like there's certain teams where it's like, you know, like I was a big fan of John Elway just because of his personal story. You know, I mean, his personal story was like a football movie. You know, here's the guy who, who went to the Super Bowl what, like three times and lost, and not only that, one of the most humiliating losses in Super Bowl history. Yeah, he got and, drilled three times. Oh my God! And then to stay in it, and at the age that he was at, I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And, and, you know, and, and then to beat, I think it was a Super Bowl 32 when he beat the Green Bay Packers, Brett Favre's second trip to the Super Bowl. And, mm -hmm. oh, my God, it was I mean, that just gave me chills. So I became an Elway fan. I mean, I, I, I really liked that team. I really felt, felt that there was a respect. You know, they would do the salute. I mean, it was that, that, that team was, was magical. You know, that, that really was. And it was just something out of a movie because of Elway's personal story. When you see how much adversity, this is a guy that never quit. I mean, he had good years and bad years with that team, but, but the fact that he kept going back to the Super Bowl losing and then just not give up, not give up, not give up. I mean, that's, that's a lesson for life, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I, I coach hockey myself down here in Atlanta, Georgia, and the lesson you always teach kids about sports is that it's a metaphor for life in so many ways. Like if You're talking about your friends who don't get the whole sports thing. They're more the comic book type. They're more the music type. Sports is a metaphor for life. It's not about getting knocked down. It's about whether you get back up with a vengeance. And that's what John Elway ended up doing in his career, and his persistence paid off. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, exactly. It's uh... – just it's, it's giving me chills actually thinking about Super Bowl 32 and how just crazy, insane that game was.
Yeah, that was a great football game. The one thing I think everybody sticks with in their head when they think of Super Bowl 32 with John Elway, the play he made inside the 10-yard line in the first half where he was diving for a first down and he got helicoptered around in a circle. Have you ever been to any college games? Oh, oh yeah, actually. Um, well, it, it's funny because also, like, in my NFL travels, I've been to St. Louis for games. I've been to Mile High Stadium, which was, was great. But to me, was more fun than the NFL experience because I feel like the crowds in the NFL, like, they're respectful. And they're, you know, and sometimes they're disrespectful, like Raiders fans can be. Um, but, but college is a totally different game experience. And, yes, I have been to some Michigan games, and I never went to U of M, right? I never went to U of M, but I really feel like I don't really care. But because it's a regional thing growing up in Detroit and growing up in Michigan, I do root for Michigan, but also it doesn't ruin my day if they lose. So if you win, I'm happy for you too. But, but that rivalry is so amazing. And I've, I've actually seen Michigan play at the Rose Bowl. Um, I live really close to the Rose Bowl, um, so – I will just actually go there. Like, if Michigan's playing, awesome. If not, I will go there and tailgate. There is nothing more fun than tailgating outside of the Rose Bowl. With yeah, in the golf course? Oh, my God. All over the golf course. Like, I am there. I'm there every year. I, just, I will just go just to hang out. I don't care what team is playing. I, yeah, college is a totally different experience and more fun to be had. I mean, it's cool to see an NFL game, but I couldn't see being a season ticket holder, A, because of the price, and B, I feel like the presentation, it's one of those things where the presentation on television for football is actually, if you really want to watch the game, is better than actually physically being at the game, unlike some, uh, some other sports are actually, you know, it's good live and it's also good televised. I think football is better televised. And I am happy to tell you, you can bet on it. The halftime show will be boring. Is that a bold prediction? So that is my Super Bowl prediction slash stupid fact that the halftime show will be boring. I mean, you, you've seen even some, some like, they do that sort of a lame concert, which ends up being a seven-minute medley of pop songs. Even bands I like, like The Who, when, when they played the Super Bowl, they were terrible. There's never been yep. a good show. It's this thing song and dance that ice capades on grass. It's the worst thing, is, in my mind, like, when all that nonsense happened with the wardrobe mal- malfunction with Justin Timberlake and all that, no one saw it. No, no one saw it or even noticed the last. It wasn't until later when I heard about it that I went back and watched, you know, on my DVR. Like, oh, well, that happened. That was kind of shocking. I mean, I, you know, like, that halftime show is always lame. I, it, it, to me, it's where someone goes to the store for beer and ice or we load up on food. I don't – or you just tune to some other channel where they're doing some – other halftime fill-in shows. That halftime show yeah, like Celebrity Deathmatch or something at halftime, or Beavis and Butthead at halftime. Those are always great. Those are always great. Or they do the, lingerie, the lingerie bowl. Um, oh, yeah. And I've even, this is, this is on Nerdy Eye, I've actually shown clips from, you can buy copies of this on the internet. It's the Super Bowl, spelled S-U-P-H-E-R. The Super Bowl, it's, it's a Super Bowl game played with all women teams. All right. <laughs> on VHS from years past as a way to entertain my friends because I don't think, I mean, have you ever watched that halftime show? That's my, I, I wish they would take bets on it because, because I would win every time. I haven't watched the halftime show since Prince played in the rain a few years back, which was actually <laughs> one of the more decent halftime shows they've had in the last decade. 
Yeah, I have a one of the halftime shows beyond just accidental clips, like when uh, Bruce Springsteen crotched a camera at one point. I saw that. That was funny. But other than that, they've been terrible, flat-out terrible. All right, well, let me move on here real quick. One note on The Dark Knight Rises. My sister goes to the University of Pittsburgh, and they actually filmed a bunch of scenes literally outside her house. They parked the two or three Batmobiles that they had immediately in front of her house. She has a bunch of pictures of it. Oddly enough, they wouldn't let anybody close to them. I guess they were afraid people would steal them. <laughs> anyway, to so the Super Bowl, my pick, I guess I'm the tiebreaker here since uh, Dan took the Giants and Chris took the uh, Patriots. So I'm rooting for the Patriots, even though I'm not a Patriots fan. One of the guys I went to high school played lacrosse with him. James Ahedabo starts for the New England Patriots in the secondary. But I think the Giants are going to win the game for one reason and one reason only, which is as much as I love James, the Patriots' defense is terrible. Now, I'm looking forward, and I'm going to continue the movie trend here, which I think pretty much needs to be said at this point. How many great major movie trailers have we seen during Super Bowls, right? I remember seeing uh, Matrix Reloaded, Neo flying through the city with all the trash behind him, right? Wasn't that I remember the Super Bowl? I remember seeing the first Matrix trailer and wondering, what the hell did I just see? I have to see this again. So, yeah, there's been some great – I mean, the Super Bowl is, is like the Super Bowl of movie trailers for the summer as well. Absolutely. Right. And, I'm, Chris, I'm, I might be going a little up the uh, up your alley here with this one. I'm not sure. But the movie trailer I hope to see a bigger extended cut of is one that not a lot of people are talking about outside of the fi- film community. Like, everybody's hearing about Lord of the Rings. Everybody's hearing about Dark Knight Rises. I want to see a more extended Prometheus trailer. I want me some alien prequel. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's like, the, what I like about it is they're not promoting it as the alien prequel. I mean, we know it is, but the, oh, yeah. the fact that they're, they're ex- I, I just hope that they, because I trust Ridley Scott. I mean, he's the guy, we were talking about Gladiator. Blade Runner. I mean, I mean Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. I mean, Ridley Scott has not made a science fiction movie in a long time, and he's a guy who's capable of making an epic. I mean, Gladiator, I defy you watch that today. It's, it's, it's epic. I mean, it'll give you chills, that musical score. Uh, I mean, Russell Crowe is, is amazing here. I mean, it's, it's, that film holds up. And to see Ridley Scott go back to genre, yeah, I think I think Prometheus is going to be great. I hope we see um, a, an extended or at least a different trailer. Last year was really cool with Captain America and Thor. I mean, I thought I thought that was really amazing. And then and then Super Eight. I don't know if you saw that film. Growing Super up, Eight was the movie out. I wanted to see the most this year. But then with the had the trailer with the train where the the little wheel yeah. popped off and something exploded out. That had me so excited, which is why I was thinking movie trailers when I was talking commercials here. But so I want to see some more Prometheus. I want to see a longer cut. That has me excited more than any movie except for Batman this year. I do like the, uh, do like the, the entertaining trailers, like a lot of the comedy. Yeah. I mean, like, what better type of commercial? They, they've got it down to the science. Beer commercials. I don't think I drink beer because of beer commercials necessarily, but I will say I'm incredibly entertained by them. And some of the most entertaining, these are like little comedy shorts. They're so well done. Oh, yeah, I agree with you completely. And, and another thing, too, is, is that such as beer commercials, uh, my favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time it was an E-Trade commercial about 10, 15, it was about 10, 11 years ago now. And it, it was a guy playing like a drum and a monkey jumping up and down next to him. And it literally went on for 20, 30 seconds. Monkey jumping up and down, guy playing a drum. And the screen went to black and it said, well, we just wasted $2 million. E-Trade, what are you doing with your money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, oh, that's great. Also, the Bugs Dogs, I mean, there have been so many great campaigns. Um, that have been amazing, like, you know, the Wazoff campaign as well. Um, I'm sorry to bring the that up. Bud like the, the Bud Bowl. The Bud Bowl was awesome. I agree with Dan. The Bud Bowl, man. Oh, I want the Bud Bowl. Bowl. Oh, bring it back. back the Bud Bowl. That animation was so cool with the Bud. I think it was just, it was so great. 
Bud versus yeah. Bud Light. And then it was Bud Bowl two the next year. And I was only a kid when that came out, but I thought that was the coolest commercial ever. That, that made me so happy when I was a little kid. But I guess maybe we should do this here. So I'll throw in my stupid little fact, and we'll talk about some Super Bowl commercials here. Uh, the, the stupid little fact I think is going to happen this game is I'm calling a safety. I expect a safety in this year's Super Bowl. Really? Nice. A safety, because I think that there's going to be uh, – these two teams pass the ball so much, and they're not really good running short yarders, that if somebody gets backed up, I think somebody can get caught in the end zone because both teams have really strong defensive lines. So I'm picking a safety. Wow. Yeah, right. there's, there's a bold prediction for you. What's going to be the most unusual bet, like sure bet? Because I love the types of bets you see in Vegas. And I, honestly, I've never bet on a game. I've never, other than like a friendly bet between friends, I've never actually gambled or bet on on a Super Bowl or an NFL game. I, I have, I've had friends that they bet every week, and it really like, I mean, it makes the game a lot more exciting. But what are some of the more interesting? I mean, you can you can bet on everything from the coin toss to, you know, who's going to score for first. I mean, what's your favorite Super Bowl commercial? I I, I always like the Bud the Bud Frogs, and I think the What's Up thing. I liked it when I first saw it. But it was immediately created a trend that got annoying too quickly. It was oh, yeah. just that from that one commercial alone, everyone weeks after there were parodies even on the internet and Saturday Night Live. You know, it just that thing created a trend immediately that sort of hit the zeitgeist. And there's so few things now, like you know, pop music is so fractured. I mean, I don't know about you, I don't really listen to much pop music anymore at all. Nope. So or rock. This rock is terrible. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the one thing I feel like we're all kind of connected by is this event. I mean, the Super Bowl next to Christmas. I mean, it really is America's Christmas is the Super Bowl, right? Okay, so that's it uh, for this week, folks. Uh, And obviously, my Super Bowl prediction was wrong. Um, Yet again, I get it completely wrong. Uh, So when it comes to sports, don't trust me. When it comes to movies, you should trust me. Uh, but when it comes to sports, um, I'm not sure that my opinion, unless it's a sports movie, then I think you should take me seriously when it's a sports movie. Sports predictions, I nearly always get wrong because uh, I, I usually go with my heart or I try to listen. I, I, I can't get it right. I can't get it right. Forget it. But I want to thank those guys at the uh, National Football Authority. You can check out their podcast, nationalfootballauthority.com. Uh, and I want to thank uh, Matt Baxendell and Daniel Wolf. Um, and you can follow them on Twitter at NF Authority. I also want to apologize uh, on behalf of my producer, Sean Merrick, and myself about the, the, the quality of the audio on this podcast. We're, both Sean and I are just still learning this whole doing the podcast thing. So I appreciate your patience in that. I hope you'll look beyond the technical flaws and uh, enjoy this for the content as we get, get better at it. It is kind of a complicated podcast to do. Uh, bringing audio in from other podcasts and mixing stuff and whatnot. So we just uh, want you to be entertained. And on that note, um, if you are entertained and you're enjoying the show, please go over to iTunes and and give us a review, a good review. Hopefully, uh, you know, a five-star review. I would appreciate that. And and please uh, post a comment. I will be responding to some of those comments, actually, in future episodes. And I will promise you, actually, that future episodes of, of Podcrash, uh, we will not experience the technical difficult technical you know, variances in quality uh, that we had on this. We've we've taken measures to address that. And I can tell you the next few episodes that are coming, um, uh, you're going to love them. And, uh, and and we got our shit together as far as the sound. Anyways, um, thanks again for that. You can also, you can follow the sh- follow me at that Chris Gore on Twitter. You can follow the show at Podcrash Show. And my producer, Sean, um, you should all give him shit. 
you can follow him at Angry Hero Sean on Twitter. And we now have a Facebook fan page for for Podcrash. If you go to facebook.com slash podcrash, uh, we have a Facebook fan page. And you can post comments there as well. Uh, you can check out pictures uh, from the show. And, uh, and, and I, whenever there's a new episode, I throw it up there uh, as well as on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, prediction's wrong, but you know what? Uh, and one prediction was right. My prediction that the halftime show would be boring was correct. It's always this horrible medley of someone's career who's long over and then the songs you wish, you wish you were actually just listening to, to the, the, their tracks and not, not actually seeing them perform live. Anyways. Uh, well, thank you. It's Super Bowl's over. Super Bowl day. Oh, it's it's it, that depression is setting in. Like uh, this is this that 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 sort of post Super Bowl depression. There's no football until it ramps up again in September. Hmm, I'm sad. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, as I'm fond of saying on every episode, let's get out of here. If you're still listening to this, you're probably a lot like me. You're the kind of person who stays through the end credits of a movie and looks at all the names. Hey, I know a guy named Dave Williams, as the name scrolls by on the screen. Well, for that, you shall be rewarded. If you send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Podcrash with that Chris Gore, 5042 Wilshire Boulevard, PMB 1500, Los Angeles, California, 90036, you shall be rewarded you will get a gift in return. Something small, something that will be a token of my appreciation for listening to the end of the show, and I will thank you for it. Later.